Good evening, boys and girls, and welcome to the Moss Eisley Happy Hour. I am Adam, and I am joined by Lee. Yay! I'm joined by Chris. Hello. And I'm joined by Wesley. Howdy. And there we have it. So people have identified themselves and remember that there will be both spoiling and swearers. But, so, yeah, there or, will. Spoiling and swearers. <laughs> or spoilers and swearing. There we go. Right. <laughs> that's, a good, that's a good start, wasn't it? So, yes. And we are here to, um, we are here to continue our sideways journey around the saga as we, um, we touch upon Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Um, and uh, yes, before we do, has anyone been watching uh, Star Wars adjacent or uh, similar, etc., in the since we were last met? Oh, Lee Rain has. No. Silence. Oh, Lee well, has. Good. It's it's kind of a no, but it's a yes. But it's something I did want to bring up because I've written it down. I was like, have I done anything science fiction? And I was like, oh, I watched the mo- the uh, Mars landing. Of course, it isn't science fiction. It's supposedly science fact. Um, yes. The reason well, I brought suppose, it's science fact. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, this is the point. Supposedly, so I don't know how many other people are like me and are very lazy when it comes to their news. Um, <laughs> obviously, I knew the Perseverance uh, moon lander was going to be happening. Mm. Um, very excited. Everybody was talking about, are you going to watch it live? So I was like, it's clearly going to have a camera attached to it. Yes, I'm going to watch that live. It's going to be like seeing the moon landing. But it wasn't like. Did anybody else watch it? Absolutely no, no. Unfortunately not. Oh. Although okay. it sounds like it wasn't maybe worth and it. I, no, it wasn't. So I thought, right, it's gonna, it, it's going up there. It's got loads of equipment attached to it. It's gonna have a camera on it. We know it's got a camera on it. It will be beaming back live footage, a bit like you know, like I say, the moon landing in the sixties. What we actually got was forty minutes of seeing 20-odd people staring at individual monitors in a blacked-out room with a woman who would occasionally go, 180 kilometres from the surface. <laughs> 170 kilometres from the surface. Have you not seen one before? You're, you're not the right no. kind of geekly. <laughs> this is not... <laughs> oh, in, in, in fairness to Lee, this sounds like watching someone's trip to the dentist. <laughs> and four and five. Six <laughs> is missing Apollo. absence. We've only got the footage of the Apollo landing because a film camera was poked at the big screen in Mission Control. They were not, I've got a live feed. It actually is taken from a television, a big television screen in Mission Control. Yeah. Oh, so it's like how they used to record BBC programmes live. For, for like yeah. how they, they, re- they, they basically used to stick a camera in front of a telly yeah. while it was broadcast. I don't know why if they it was something it. they wanted to keep. They, yeah. I don't know why they did it, because there was a master feed that was going to that telly. But that's how everyone got it. It was a TV poked at a telly. It's because they yeah, all did was... everything like your dad. It's like, oh, it's easier to just do this. It's on the TV and I've got a camera. Why would I plug in a load more cables and just plug a camera <laughs> at the TV? Common it's sense, 19... mates. Job it, was done. 1960... it was 1969. They could only dream of a scart lead. <laughs> <laughs> Ah, you say that, though. There's actually evidence to say that they, on the moon landings, they had rudimentary fibre optic cables. Oh. Mm. And, if, there actually and is, what were they using for? When you look at the plans for the moon landing, they, they describe a fibre optic cable in part of the wiring system. 
but of course that it, it isn't called a fiber optic they didn't cable, have much to transfer exactly. down it though but it was there ah, but i could do it really fast though <laughs> <laughs> booming back at you but, yeah. but, but yeah, i uh, well i i can't remember i i might be this might be my brain's adult um but did you know they've got footage of the surface of venus no. Because, yeah. because they sent, they basically they sent a rover, knowing that it would die. Mm, I do remember they, something they, about that. Yeah, so they sent a rover with lenses made with a camera lens made out of diamond, and they got some footage of the surface before the rover melted. Yeah. Wow. But there that's, is that's yeah, tragic. So there is, it, I mean, that's that's almost as tragic as the film we just watched. In a good <laughs> in a good way. In a, yeah, yeah. It, it's it's not tra- it's not tragic in say, the same sense as, oh, he's doing fucking pod racing now. Look at him with his <laughs> fucking haircut. <laughs> the bloke from the the bloke from the charlatan's nephew is pod racing. Oh fuck. <laughs> so yeah, tra- tragic in a different tragic in a in a Shakespearean sense. Yes, that, yeah. that type. Rather rather than a. Uh, blue jeans, brown shoes. Sense. So, <laughs> I did. I've done something Star Warsy this week. Oh, what you done? I got for the VR Oculus. I got a, a game called uh, Vader Immortal. Mm, yeah, I've heard of this. It and looks it very good. Is brilliant. Part one is really, really good. There was a bit where serious lightsaber. Yeah, really good. And there's a bit where a stormtrooper rushes in, and I was going to punch it in the mush because it literally comes at you. You're like, you, you, you go back like that. Like I would have stupid. At one point, again, my trousers fell down as I was playing this game. So Sam would have had a, you know, quite a shock. Me reeling back from an invisible stormtrooper. Yeah, oh. the different kind of lightsaber waggling in the wind. Oh, for God's sake! His tip glowed red, but. It's, yeah. uh, for a second there, I thought you meant that Vader's trousers had fallen down, <laughs> and I was like, "This no, doesn't no. sound quite the sort of you know." This isn't the Star Wars the game that I was initially imagining. It sounds, There's a really you good know, bit in it when you're actually you're in some ducting and you look for a grill and you can see Darth Vader with uh, there's a stone, and as he's, he's he takes his helmet off and you can see the back of his scabby head. And you can see almost like the ghost of Padme in it because he's mm. trying to resurrect her. Mm. Filthy swine. And you're part of the plot. Yeah. Well, yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Well, he was res- his resurrection was the problem in the first place. That's why they ended up with twins. Mm. So oh, yeah. uh, there we go. <laughs> um, I, I, have, I have Star Wars in that I've watched oh. a Bit, I've watched a bit more of The Mandalorian, so I'm hoping mm-hmm. that we can do that uh, probably after. Uh, Return of the Jedi. Where you got to now? In the t- time frame. Well, the best way I can describe it is I've just watched the Suicide Squad episode with Bill Burr. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, that was that, that. That was just fucking good fun. Mm-hmm. And yeah. Clancy Brown turning up as one of the devil people from the cantina. Yeah. And um, but yeah, uh, that it's. Yeah, it's just cracking along. It, uh, it was. Uh, I was sort of doing them in two episode chunks. So it was that one, and the one where it's the young bounty hunter who he hooks up with to catch some imperial sniper, 
but then he turns on him and it's like, yeah, but yeah. he's the Mandalorian and it's only episode five, so he's obviously going to win. But, you know, <laughs> I mean, that, that is a complaint that can be levelled against drama, not just, <laughs> not just specifically the Mandalorian, but yeah. So, um, but yeah, no, that was, um, they, they were uh, good episodes. Like I say, I really enjoyed the, for want of a better expression, Suicide Squad episode. Mm-hmm. Especially because I was just like, is that fucking Bill Burr? Yes, yes, that's Bill yeah, Burr. Why is yeah, yeah. I, I was not expecting that one either. That possibly. Yeah, he, he, do, he does actually. Like, I, he, he, I think he does work in it. Mm. He, He's he really good. The right sort of character. Thing. It is the right sort of thing because mm. they are basically, yeah, it is basically Suicide Squad. It's a bunch yeah. of wisecracking villains, and um, and the woman from uh, Game of Thrones and stuff. Yeah, it was. Um, yeah, no, it's still still very enjoyable, and also a nice bit of uh, fuck you at the end of it. Yeah. It's like, oh, what's what's this tracking? Is this a tracking thing? What's that? <laughs> and then, and also, and this is something that we will be coming to. Um, and also, the good guys, the Rebel Alliance, turning up, and it's like, oh, they've launched a, they've launched a gunship, blown the fuck yeah. out of the sky. <laughs> yes. And no, I don't know. You know, it's like they've launched a gunship, and it might be, might be the only ship you've got on board. You know, they might have filled the 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 energy tanks with flowers that they were going to sh- rain upon you in a sort of display of loveliness. But no, no, just blowing the fuck out the sky. They're up or something. So you know, but this it's is a different time for the rebels. Yes, yes, they're, they're, they're in charge now. They they can be evil. So. Yeah. So they've gone, they've gone jolly bollocks on it and they're getting all police brutality on everything. Mm-hmm. It's like, what are we going to do? Shoot a cunt. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> what about the ship that's just gone past us? Fuck him. Nah. <laughs> He's well revved. But yeah, so all in all, um, still enjoying. I'm waiting for more. I'm waiting for more Werner Herzog, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, uh, other than that, yeah. It's, uh, and, uh, you know. Always good to see Carl Weathers. In all weathers, it's good to see Carl Weathers. <laughs> uh, so, I, well, I haven't watched Star Wars, but I will just mention briefly, we've been working mm-hmm. our way through the Marvel comic universe, which ah, I like yes. your, um, your dump them all in the bin. Oh, yes, the globe on TikTok, yes. They're definitely entertaining. Um, so we've done Avengers, mm. Iron Man 2, The Dark World, Captain Marvel, and they're all kind of fun, really, aren't they? Have you, you seen Iron Man 3 yet? Oh, uh, no, fun. yeah, we did. We actually did see Iron Man 3. Um, yes, we did finish it because a lot of these, you know, we watch half one day and then the rest the next day. But yeah, mm. no, and the, the scene that you were talking about, um, what's he called? Yeah, the Mandarin is... Mandarin, yeah. yeah not the Mandalorian. <laughs> That's that was what I was Yeah, called. I was like, <laughs> oh, yeah, Mandarin. Yeah, yeah, that was definitely a very funny scene. I am, think, I am thinking. I am thinking of getting a uh, like a Mandalorian helmet, putting a big moustache across it, and going as Mando Calrissian to a um, <laughs> like Comic Con or something like that. But someone's probably already done it. Who knows? Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, no. I mean, Iron Man three is great. I know that um, uh, friend of the friend of the uh, podcast Bobby mm-hmm. from Not for Everyone was uh, uh, with the. 
uh, heavy snows in Texas have yeah, uh, uh, had done stay with his sister, who were in the midst of a Marvel watch through. And I know that's not exactly his cup of tea, but I, look, they were watching Iron Man three, and I was like, well, no, that that's good. You will yeah. <laughs> yeah. you will find enjoyment there, definitely. I mean, it does does go a bit over the top, but then they all do really. So you know, you, you well, can, uh, I, part of the territory. I, yeah, I th- I think in a way you have to. Because mm. there'd be there'd be nothing worse than it be like you know, Wolverine working at the post office or yeah. you know Ca- Captain America filling out his his tax returns for the year. I just don't think they're gonna they're mm. not gonna play. I mean, they'd be quite good like online extras, or 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 obviously the end title sequence when you have the little extra bit at the end. Always, you know, like Thanos doing his nails or something like that. I don't that know. sounds like a Deadpool <laughs> Deadpool kind of yeah. thing. <laughs> um, but yeah and then I also watched The Big Lebowski which I thought I should mention because Leah's said I should watch it I think for the past 10 years or so yeah. it's every year he says I should watch it and that is, is that a first weird time? film yes I was like uh, we were, what is going on this is not at all what I expected <laughs> my, my favourite bit's the post-it note bit I don't know yeah, why it just makes it love. Yeah. and the mug yeah. it's just the when he walks out of the room <laughs> yeah I, th- I think, I mean, spending years telling people about how the rug is just bringing the room together. <laughs> and, and, now you, and now you can join us, Chris. You can yes. join in the fun. I really appreciate it. And, and, also, and also, at a later point, me and Wes will come round to your house as a bunch of existentialists, German existentialists in, yeah. <laughs> in Rolex. I, I can't wait. <laughs> no one can but uh oh no i'm glad because it is a good it's a great film and uh yeah there's lots of good coen brothers there's some coen brothers i can't be asked with anymore but there's still some amazing stuff out there. The majority of their stuff is brilliant. i'm not sure if i've seen any others um i'm trying to I think i've seen fargo even though i've also been told i should yeah fargo, fargo i would say incredible and no yeah. country for old men is. Uh, yeah, I've heard also that dark. is. Yeah, extremely good. Barton Fink as well. That's the, another John Goodman. Mm. Uh, it, your John Goodman was definitely uh, one. Not what I expected. <laughs> is Burn After Reading Coen Brothers? Yes, I believe it is. Yeah, and there, that's another. That's another great mm. one. Yes. Yeah, and that I haven't watched for a very, very long time. But that's yeah. Well, it's nice to know I've got a few more. I've only seen The Big Lebowski. Mm. Oh, and Blood Simple. Like, I think that's their first one. Yeah. Yeah, Blood Simple's great. Just a brilliant crime story. But, yeah, they're um, they're pretty much all good, but we should reserve that for that as when we do, I don't know, what would our Cohen Brothers podcast be called? <laughs> Whatever it is already. Yeah, that's so. Kona done was uh, Claire's suggestion, <laughs> but no, yeah, whatever it is, we'll we'll end up like on about fifth choice at best for when we find out that everyone's done them ever. So, <laughs> but this is the most actually happy hour, and um, we're covering Rogue One, the Star Wars story. So we've got to go back to 2016. A year which we're calling Celebricide, or the beginning of the end. <laughs> um, 
Barack Obama is spending his last year in office. Um, the, and in the UK, we start off with David Cameron, who is succeeded in July by Theresa May. I did nearly write down he is succeeded in May by Theresa July, but that would have made no <laughs> fucking sense. On the 23rd of June, the UK holds... And to be honest, there's not actually that much news except for death. But the t two other bits of news are basically things that affect the, the subsequent five years and are still rattling around us as we speak. So on the 23rd of June, the UK holds a referendum asking the public if they wish to leave the European Union or remain. Seven days before the vote, Labour MP Joe Cox, a Remain campaigner, is murdered in broad daylight by Thomas Mayer, who shouts Britain first as he shoots and then stabs her, which kind of makes um, Nigel Farage's thing about this is our Independence Day and not a shot fired. Go fuck yourself, Akbar, you cunt. Um, sorry, just coming out there. Uh, the result of the vote is a marginal win for Leave or Brexit, which does make you wonder if they'd have come up with Remexit or something like that as the Bramain that you know would that have swung it because they had a fancy title for it I don't know I do know that it was actually a fact that the Google searches are the day after yeah. the results what? came in were what is Brexit what is the Europe seriously this is the top UK mm. searches on Google were what is Brexit what is the European Union and should we be in the European Union and I'm sorry, British public, but that's a fucking stupid time to have those fucking questions, isn't it? Yeah. The day after. Well done. Um, but yeah, it's a marginal win, 51.9% to 48.1%. Uh, David Cameron, who had instigated the vote in the first place and was also a Remainer, resigned as a result. The cunt. And then on <laughs> November the 8th, and then on November the 8th, Donald Trump wins the 2016 US presidential election. The cunt. So it's really, yeah, that's that's it for that's it all, for news all downhill in a way. After that. It seriously goes downhill. But here is a list of this. I was writing this out. I ended up with hand cramp um, as I was writing out the list of the dead. This is in no way complete. This is a list of people that I knew who they were, because believe me. I think the entertainment industry, the sports industry, everything, uh, politics, everything was utterly sort of decimated through 2016. Um, so, and I will say, so we get, uh, we start off with David Bowie, Alan Rickman, Frank Finley, Terry Wogan. That's just January. Uh, Andre Zalowski. Umberto Eco, Harper Lee, George Kennedy, George Martin, Keith Emerson, Larry Drake, uh, Gary Shandling, Ronnie Colbert, Merle Haggard, Howard Marks, uh, China, the wrestler Guy Hamilton, Victoria Wood, Prince, Tamita, Muhammad Ali, Carolina Hearn, Alan Vega, Kenny Baker, aka R2D2, uh, Mr. Fuji, Gene Wilder, Prince Buster, Alexis Arquette, C. Martin Croker, Bill Nunn, Herschel Gordon Lewis, Leonard Cohen, Robert Vaughan, Andrew Sachs, Fidel Castro, Peter Vaughan, Greg Lake, Bernard Fox, Zaza Gabor, Richard Adams, uh, Rick Parfit, Liz Smith, George Michael, who died on Christmas Day, so that really was his last Christmas. Um, and finally, we lose Carrie Fisher, and then the day after, her mother, Debbie Reynolds. Mm -hmm. 
And um, and just one more addition to that, Lord Lucan was declared officially dead in 2016. So he is technically another member of that list. Um, bearing in mind the last five fucking years that we've had and certainly the last year that we've had, do we count this as a, a, a tragic list of loss or lucky bastards who are well out of it? I don't know. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's... It, it's a heavy fucking list. Mm. I mean, my, my notepad here looks like the sort of the celebrity Tibetan Book of the Dead at the moment. It's just, yeah, it's just pages of this stuff. Um, I mean, musically, biggest singles are Little Mix and <laughs> Clean Bandit. Uh, Justin Bieber, who at one point is has three singles at the number one, two, and three slot in the charts, which, if nothing else, is an achievement. Uh, regardless of the artistic uh, endeavours there within, but still, you know, uh, in the album charts, uh, obviously Bowie's Black Star, which came out, and then he died two days later. Or, and I'll be, uh, and this is not a, a later conspiracy theory or anything else like that. I was in the shower on the Sunday, the Monday before it was announced he died, and I thought, no one's seen Bowie for ages. For all we know, he could be fucking dead. Mm. And then the next day, it was announced that he was dead, and I thought. Because any fool can fake being dead, but I thought it takes Bowie to fake being alive. Because there's one, <laughs> because um, Wes will bear me out on this. One thing that Bowie always used to go on about in interviews is he felt bad for Mark Boland that he died on the same day as Elvis Presley. Because yeah. obviously he knew Mark Boland and he was like, Mark would be so annoyed that he was page two. Because obviously Elvis, in terms of the. <laughs> The, the sort yeah. of fame level or whatever like that Elvis obviously outweighed it so Elvis got the front page and Mark got the second page and it wouldn't have surprised me if it had been like right here's my notes I'm, well, after I cark it don't tell anyone I'm dead just make sure no one else is dead <laughs> then announce it make yeah. sure the album's out so that so I don't get so everyone knows it's brilliant but I don't get the sympathy vote for being dead and then make sure the coast is clear and then tell them I'll pop the clocks all right um, well, even, even Bowie shares his birthday with Elvis, doesn't he? Yeah. And so, it's, yeah. So, don't die so on your birthday. Do it a couple yeah. of days later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. So he doesn't, he doesn't lose out to birthday greetings for Elvis Presley, 50 years dead. Um, so, but, um, and also I think he, and I can imagine him going, phew, that it was like, at least it was, because I think Alan Rickman was like the day after. And, oh, really? uh, yeah. And I'm thinking it had been sort of like, I mean, uh, no, Bowie was the 10th, Alan Rickman was the 14th, but I, I know he would have been very pissed off that he'd have had to share the limelight with anyone. So, and obviously the uh, December before we lost Lemmy, so it was the usual case where the genuine rock and roller did something, then Bowie copied it, and then everyone copied Bowie. But in this time, <laughs> it, in this case, it was death. So, you know, but he did, but in fairness, he did release his best album since Outside, um, Iggy Pop released Post Pop Depression. Leonard Cohen wrote You Want It Darker and then died. Uh, Beyonce, Lemonade, King Gizzard and the Lizard Wizard, Nonagon Infinity, Nick Cave and the Bad Seed, Skeleton Tree, Cavern of Antimatter with Void Beats. But again, you know, it wasn't an amazing year. Interestingly, the films are all over the place and there is some cracking fucking horror come out in uh, 2016. So you've got The Forest, Set the Thames on Fire, Pride and Prejudice and Zombies, 
Dirty Grandpa, Synchronicity, Under the Shadow, Deadpool, who we just mentioned, uh, yeah. The Witch, uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane, Batman versus Superman, Dawn of Justice, Hardcore Henry, Hush, uh, the bizarre, for want of a better expression, live action remake of The Jungle Book, uh, Green Room, Terraformers, Captain America, Civil War, I, Daniel Blake, Prevenge, uh, the Angry Birds movie, X-Men Apocalypse, The Conjuring 2, Warcraft, Finding Dory, Sadako versus Kiako, Independence Day Resurgence, The Neon Demon, The BFG, The Purge Election Year, A Dark Song, um, mm -hmm. Ghostbusters, Star Trek Beyond, Train to Busan, uh, Shin Godzilla, Sausage Party, David Brent, uh, David Brent, Life on the Road, Don't Breathe, Free Fire, The Autopsy of Jane Doe, the Girl with All the Gifts, Lady Macbeth, The Limehouse, Golem, Blair Witch, Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children, The Girl on the Train, Mind Hong, The Ghoul, Ouija, Origin of Evil, Doctor Strange, Trolls, The Love Witch, Fantastic Beasts and How to Bum Them, Moana, La La Land, and A Monster Calls. So, you know, it's a pretty, um, it's, a, it's a mixed year with some right old chiss in there, but actually you've got a really good fucking scene. I mean, we've covered three of the horror films that were released in this year yeah uh on welcome to horror so mm. you know it's it's clearly sort of like quite a good one for that um and uh yeah and then towards the end of the uh, end of the year uh, one of the final releases for that year was rogue one which again i don't believe it wasn't it certainly wasn't the top box office but i think it was number two for that year so they're sort of kind of back on track unlike as we discussed last time, because obviously it came afterwards solo, which really did, you know, I don't think it was even placed top 10, which is just mm. weird for a Star Wars film. Mm. So, um, yeah, so Rogue One. Uh, this, I, yeah, I, I saw this at the pictures with Claire. Uh, what, how did other people first encounter the Rogue One? Uh, pictures with Sam. Mm-hmm. I went to the cinema with a few people for this one. So I think there's about 10 of us. Yeah. Well, I'm glad that we... And Lee, were you at cinema yeah, for this? Yeah, I, uh, I believe it was uh, myself and Chris Jones, uh, oh. who's been on Welcome to Horror, uh, mm -hmm. friend of the show. I believe it was myself and him. who it, Actually, it's him who I've seen pretty much every film after... I think, I think this was the first one, and then... No, sorry, no. This is the first one we've covered, but basically all of the new films, I think I went and saw all of them with him pretty much. Ah, except right. Solo, because he'd given up by that point. <laughs> As apparently had half the public by the looks of it. <laughs> and, and including me, apparently. So, mm. you know, it was... Um, I, I mean, there was extenuating circumstances, but I obviously didn't sort of find the time to get back on it. Um, so, yeah, I mean, certainly I think that this... Uh, between this and Solo, they're the only ones that we've got of that aren't saga-based and everything. Um, I think this was the more... this. I, I think I enjoyed this one, although I've only just seen Solo, I, I think I enjoyed this one more, but I think yeah. this has so... Although it's linked really heavily, because it is basically the prelude to A New Hope, Mm. there's very little in it that's actually anyone we know. Mm. Yeah. 3PO and R2 are cameos, which is 
which I would have liked to have been the first time that we saw 3 PO and R2 really. Yeah. Rather than sort of coming in through all the bloody uh, prequels. Um, but obviously, so you get... Guerrero was mm. in the Clone War cartoon. Uh. So he was a regular. Mm. Well, not a regular. He, he's, he's returned. And also, something that he made me realise that isn't he the third asthmatic um, cyborg that we've had in the Star Wars <laughs> yeah. universe? I'd, I'd made a note of that. Yeah, because yeah, it was like, because obviously he's doing the Frank Booth uh, in Blue Velvet, sort of like, you know, because that was the thing, is I just wanted him to, I'm going to fuck everything. Although, admittedly, that might have put the rating up a, a snadge. I don't know if the yeah. snadge is a word, but it is now. Um, but so I was thinking, I'm assuming he did that. They sort of wanted to show, uh, or I assumed it was to remind you of Darth Vader to some degree. Mm. And, and he is living on a desert planet, but obviously none of the others have that. But And I kind of thought they're trying to show rebels in this as not clean, you know, good guys. This was mm. sort of one of the first showings that, uh, yeah, actually they probably have to do some bad stuff. And yeah. some of them are mental. Yeah, because this was the note that I saw. Because where is it? Where Because um, they describe him as an extremist, mm. like the yeah. Rebel Alliance. Like Mon Mothma obviously shows up, yeah. and yeah. Bail Organa as well. There, but again, these are all people who should be there, and it feels correct because, in a weird way, they're back characters within the main original mm. trilogy. Yeah. <laughs> Excuse me. But yeah, they described Sol Guerrero as an extremist who has caused problems for the Rebel Alliance because of his militancy. And I'm like, yeah, but you did blow up the Suicide Squad ship and you lot do kill people. It's not, do you know yeah. what I mean? It's sort of, I, I wasn't sure whether they just meant, was he, was he too hard line? I mean, obviously it's like, right, I'm not sure if I believe you, um, defecting pilot uh i'm gonna give you to the mind squid um for whatever good for whatever reason could send you mad or i could blow your brains out here and it was it just because he doesn't treat his guests well do you think that's what the rebels had a problem with that's that's the line <laughs> that <laughs> October. yeah because mm. they're quite polite to jim obviously yeah. <laughs> Uh, when when she shows up there, so um, also in common, I would say with um, with a lot of uh, the, be the with the best of Star Wars is you. It is packed with British actors who you know from that thing. Yeah, so. yeah. loads of people who you go. I know them. I couldn't tell you anything mm. they've been in, but I've seen them at least five times in the last five years on TV. Yeah. Because this, I mean, and obviously Andy Delator turns up as well as like Moff yeah. Tarkins, which was just, and, and that's just immediately, yeah, Chief Inspector Grubbalar, and and obviously, <laughs> and this parcel filled with mincemeat and jam <laughs> represents a small child. <laughs> think once, think twice, think twice, think twice. Think, don't think drive your ass out on the pavement. On the pavement. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so but so so Saw Gerrera is a Clone Wars character, so he's not because uh, he, when I saw this, he was new to me because obviously I've not really watched I've not really watched Clone Wars uh, the Clone Wars or the Rebels um, 
yeah. uh, cartoon series and stuff like that. So, um, I mean, much the same as, uh, which we didn't really touch on last time, but obviously, like, you've got Darth Maul's continuing story and everything else like that. So, but obviously this concludes, presumably, Sol Guerrero's um, thing for this. Um, although yeah, it is Star Wars. So, yeah, that's what I was going to say, Star Wars. I mean, apparently fucking... Darth Maul's walking around on little tin legs. I mean, it's not fucking. It's he, he just got he just got a planet in the face. You know, maybe he's fine. <laughs> you know, although I do I do find it it was one of those weird ones where you're sort of watching um, again watching Star Wars, and this one kind of makes it so explicit that you've got a load of guys in sort of desert wear living in the desert blowing up military troops and vehicles mm. and stuff like that. And it kind of doesn't really... It's it's weird, especially because now I think watching it this side of the events of 2016, where so much other crap's gone on, but at this point, the, the height of everything was obviously um, uh, terrorism yeah. and specifically Islamic terrorism and sort of, you know, the Taliban and things like that and, and Al-Qaeda. And it's kind of, this doesn't sort of shy away from basically going, yeah, this is, this is rebels. Mm. These, are, these are the good guys because they're killing stormtroopers, so you know that they're good guys. But it's fairly explicit in a way that you kind of don't expect necessarily from a Hollywood movie or certainly one well, with Disney involved the- at this point, you know. Well, there's all the religious aspect of it anyway, which is brought yeah. because the planet Jedi is one of the uh, sort of home planets of the where the Jedi, well, not home planet, but it's one of their, their main planets that they used to practice. Hence why all the rocks in the film, if you look at them on the side, they're all hmm. fallen Jedi statues. I did wonder that because there was one I saw and I thought it was the Emperor until it was like, well, it probably isn't. Um, yeah. No, yeah, they're all they're all Jedi statues and they're all on their side because they've been toppled because of the um, well, obviously because of Order sixty six and the death of the Jedi. Mm. But yeah, you're right. This uh, you were saying about this feeling not less like a Star Wars film, but feeling so separate from a lot of the other stuff. Yet, like the actual, apart from the one guy who they who they said, or the two of them, sorry, who they said used to be guards of the Jedi Temple. With the exception of those two characters, there's no false, there's no Jedi, yeah. there's nothing mm. in this. Mm. It is all two political groups effectively mm. fighting mm. up against each other. Um, and yeah, like you said about Solo being a heist movie, like this, you know, this is why I said this is kind of a, a tragedy. Like the entire aesthetic is does feel very different. The look, I mean, it, like the music is even different from the start, like it was with Solo. But this was the first time we'd seen that. So, you know, we're yeah. expecting the start. And yeah. in this one, it's just so much more subtle. Um, and I, for Which me, is, that, that worked fantastically. Like, I loved everything about what they changed. Yeah. See, this this is, this is reminds me, if, if it was weird, because having watched, like I said, The Mandalorian do Suicide mm. Squad, this is basically Star Wars does the dirty dozen, where it's yeah. like you, you form this military group of misfits mm. who probably aren't going to do very well or, you know, they're not going to make it to the end, and they don't. And it actually yeah. sort of, yeah, it's 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 the probably the harshest yeah. look at that universe. And it probably, like you said, Lee, I think it is that lack of the Jedi mm. that 
that sort of thing where it's like, like you say, there's two guys who, um, but who are kind of bickering about like one of the um, the blind guy who's real, who sort of is trying to tune himself to the false, mm. and his mate with him. I, I, I must confess, and this is possibly, you know, this might be cancel time, but I did write them down as blind and gunny in the <laughs> uh, in my notes because I could, I didn't catch their names. But I mean, one of them the was gun guy, Chirrut, yeah. Chirrut, yeah. Chirrut, yeah. Chirrut, yeah, yeah. And they're, he's they're, man, of course, for anyone who watches martial arts movies, uh, he's uh, uh, yes, because yeah. mm. I, I have to, it has to be said that character is the one that all the kids want to play in the playground. <laughs> yeah, you you know that at primary schools that would have been the one where it's like, oh yeah, it's, it's this guy, he's blind, but he but kicks everyone do. to fuck. Seriously. You know, <laughs> <laughs> when he gets like that that bit where it's, I mean. You know that there was somewhere, somewhere deep inside the Rizza, a little bit of him died that he didn't get chosen to play yeah. the blind swordsman character in the Star Wars <laughs> film because he would have, I think, he would have adored that. But yeah, he's those two. I think they're really good because you you get good double acts like R two and three PO mm-hmm. are a good double act, mm. and similarly with them two, you really get them and and oddly and it's an interesting thing that within the space of a movie you do care about people right so i was going to say that was such a big thing for me in this i actually end up yeah caring for all of them i think they did such mm, a good yeah. uh, character and relationship development throughout like Jin, i really liked and the way that she started to get on with um cassian and obviously yeah but it's the background but that scene you know like where they're like it's romantic you know as they fully understand each other at that point um as the death star blows up yeah well that's that's something i liked about it is that they don't get into it doesn't turn into a romance thing it is it is a Mm. profession it's like yeah people getting on with a job and doing it well Mm. and then that last bit at the end is almost just like right we let's see this out together Mm. yeah yeah yeah. They have no one else to say goodbye to, no, so they had to. <laughs> yeah, and it's sort of like, but I think that they do, especially because I think, again, when you're a kid, um, the lovey-dovey bits of Star Wars are a bit, yeah, get on with it, where's yeah. Darth Vader? And <laughs> in this, and I think, and also, but I think in this sort of film, it would be out of place, and people would mm. just be like, yeah. well, that was a bit sudden, wasn't it? It would feel sort of shoehorned in mm. if they had a romance in the middle of all this, everybody hating one another. And that's what I like about this. They all dislike each other. They're all stuck in a situation where yeah. they need to rely on one another. But they nobody likes each other. I mean, K2 mm. is by far my favourite character in the so, entire So thing. even him, right, you really so, care yeah. when, yeah, when, when he, he dies. Yeah, and when the way he's been throughout. But it's like, no, that is, you know, he actually he truly does care you know he's trying to do what he can and he's willing to sacrifice himself and and be noble you know it's it's also he reminds me a bit of marvin the paranoid android from hitchhikers with yeah. without without the depression but still with the sort of like well it it pains me to think down to your level so i won't <laughs> you know and he's very and it certainly i think after three because he's kind of the anti-3po 
Yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, it's like he's he's had he's like Streepio's had the fussiness and the politeness taken out and ramped up quite the reverse. He's, he's how I imagine R two D two would be if he didn't actually believe the if he could speak. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 I, I imagine to... like because apparently R two D two when they originally did Star Wars, there was a version of the script where R two D two did say stuff like "Oh fuck off." To see Threepio and stuff like that. Apparently, there is a version of it where he they actually put the language they wanted to convey by Ben Burt. So mm. you know, when he sits oh, there, they go, the noise is over. You know, <laughs> yeah, because it's the because if you see if you see background, I mean, obviously, Dave Prowse does the voice of Vader, but he's reading the lines that are oh, then yeah. done by Denzel Jones. But um, Chewie's got lines. Mm. And Peter Mayhew does perform lines because there's the, the bit where um, Ben Kenobi in like this is in the sort of uh, rehearsal stuff or whatever like that. But in the bit where Ben Kenobi's going to go off and disable the uh, generator, like Chewie's there going, "The old man's crazy." And then Han Solo <laughs> says, "Yeah, you said it, Chewie. Where did you dig up that old fossil?" But obviously in the film you don't get yeah. the old man's crazy, you know. But you just get and but. It's really well done because everyone does react. What a nutter. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Steady on, mate. Wow. <laughs> I, I do like the idea, though, that we could... See, I mean, it's a bit it's a bit Geordie Star Wars, but you could start um, certainly putting in subtitles for everyone who doesn't have a subtitle. <laughs> I can't remember who it was. I think it might have been Phil Jupiter who used to say, would you be pissed off that... If you were Chewbacca, you'd be so pissed off. Greedo got a fucking subtitles and you don't for three films. What's the guy? <laughs> but I think, yeah, I, I like, uh, certainly I think K2 is probably, fr from 3PO is the my favourite comic relief droid mm. in, in, any of the, in any of the other films. Although oh, I think... Uh, BB-8 does hold his own with R2, I think. They both yeah, managed yeah. to have that same sort of charm. I liked his um, K2SO's uh, relationship with Jin because he obviously doesn't trust her from the start. But then she mm. does, you know, there's a few points where she does sort of get it over on him. Um, like when uh, they're just on Jeddah and she's walking off and he drops the bag and he's like grumpy. Yeah. He's, like, yeah. he's, he's obviously, he's being clever because he's a droid, right? He's clever, but he's still sort of getting it wrong because he's not fully appreciating... The human aspect, I suppose. I just it's thought they did well with that. Yeah. And there was a lot more to I it. I have one of my... Sorry. Oh, go on, off you. I have one of my interesting facts. Hmm. You know the bit when they're on Jeddah and the uh, K2SO smacks Cassian in the chops and yes. says, behave. That actually was genuine. And if you'd watch Cassian... He starts laughing and he covers his face up <laughs> because the actual actor who stood in smacked him in the chops and it ain't in the original script. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it, again, closely, you can see him go... I'll have to watch that. Because actually, I have to say, I think that this is the point where they really managed to integrate the CG characters... Or certainly like the CG replacements. Yeah. Because you would fit, you do feel that, oh, maybe they had an animated top half of the body or so, like, like it was a puppet or something like yeah. that. 
but it's just it's literally just digitally drawn over the guy, isn't it? Because I've got um, uh, I've made a point it's as well about the CG um, uh, the backgrounds and buildings and everything. Like mm. this film just pops so much more than anything we've seen today. But, I mean, I know there's quite obviously a big step, but you know, solo. Solo at points felt like a real background with CG characters in front of it or, or mm-hmm. you know, or actors in front of green screen. Whereas this whole film felt nothing looked out of place. I mean, I don't, we mentioned, um, I said, I, I, I was completely unaware of it and I mentioned it to Jennifer as a joke. So we were watching and when they first landed on Scarif and they were inside the building and I said to Jennifer, <laughs> look at that, that looks almost exactly like Canary Wolf Underground Station, where we get off the Jubilee line. Um, and then Jennifer said, well, it was shot in London. You never know. Mm. And then later on, we were discussing which studio it was shot at. And I went and looked on IMDb to confirm that it was Pinewood. Um, yeah. And the first place that comes up is Canary Wolf Station. So it, it, it blend, everything blends so nicely. You can't tell what's real and what isn't in this film. Yeah. And I just I, I thought it was just everything about it was beautiful in that respect. I think there's a lot of with with Solo, you're seeing a lot of alien environments. You can't mm. really relate because mm. you're not part mm. of it. With this, we've seen, you know, uh, Kosovo. We've seen war sites which mm. approximate Jeddah. We, you know, it, we we've got an understand familiarity with these scenes. We've I think also, that's what works. I yeah. think also this is the point where we are with Star Wars as we know it. Because it's so yeah. closely linked, you've got all the Empire stuff looks like original trilogy Empire stuff. Mm. So yeah. the tunics are right, the sort of green, the, the colour-coded button, whatever that is on their tits, yeah. whether it's medals they're, they're, or... They're throat lozenges. Yeah. Oh, the throat lozenges. A fisherman's friend. So, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah, so they've got and like all the tech looks right. Yeah, the I, stuff- I think the, I was thinking the only things the two stormtroopers, the uh, desert trooper. No, it's not desert trooper. What is it? Or sand trooper? And the sand desert. troopers as well. What are they? I think they're desert troopers because the sand oh, okay. troopers, I think, are like the New Hope ones. I think. Oh, they're the ones with the orange. Like yeah, uh, okay. I think you were wrong by saying desert troopers. Mm. But also, yeah, you've got so. death troopers as well. Yeah, which they're they're a bit unusual. Yeah, the black ones. Yeah, yeah, that are with Krennic, and it has to be said, I think Krennic's a fucking good character. Yeah, yeah, yeah he, he feels exactly right for a snidey. Yeah, Empire middle management. Mm. Yeah, another because, another amazing fact. Mm-hmm. Star Wars, A New Hope. When you look at all the governors around the table, there are two empty chairs. <laughs> one of them should have been Krennix. The mm. other one should have been the blue one, who I can't remember the name of all of a sudden. Ah! Thrawn. Blue one. Oh, Thrawn. Grand mm. Admiral Thrawn. They're the two that should have been seated there. But <laughs> Thrawn is actually out in the Outer Rim galaxies at the moment. Doing important stuff. So that's stuff. why he's not there. Yeah, and Krennic oh. is dead. That's really fucking cool. It was like never engineered that. that way, but it fits. But it's worked out. But, it, it fits. <laughs> but then that's that's that stuff. That's kind of that's that's retrofitting. I like where it's sort of oh, yeah. well, that's 
that's the reason for that rather than I'm going to overcomplicatedly explain this. I was going to bring that up with the explanation for the flaw in the Death Star because that, Mm. at the moment, I haven't thought about it too much, but that seems to work really well because you would question when you first see Star Wars, it's like, well, that seems a little bit like easy for them to do it. And why is there such a big flaw in it? And then, of course, it's because he engineered it to be that way. It's like, that is a pretty good retrofitting. Definitely, because it's... And it's so, it's a very simple way of doing it, mm. but it is something that was a sort of starting point for Star Wars, uh, like sort of something that was always leveled against Star Wars. It was like the um, less than 12 parsecs thing. There'd be another, yeah. that was another flaw, logical flaw that people were like, well, why did you do it that way? And also, there's the interesting thing that obviously by the time you get to Return of the Jedi, it's like, why did you build it with it again? But that, that yeah. I was going to say, yeah, like it'd you be know. interesting to have an explanation for that because but, that, that still does seem odd. But in this, Return Krennic Jedi is the only person thing. aware. Everyone who's unfinished. aware of that flaw, apart from the Rebel Alliance, like mm. anyone who's to do with the Empire, is dead. Mm. Yeah, you're right. So I never Krennic that. dies. Mm. Um, uh, Urso, Galen Urso's dead, who obviously puts it in there anyway. Mm. Um, the the um, uh, Riz Ahmed's character, the pilot, he's, um, you know, everyone's killed. Yeah. And so, yeah, it would be almost like this thing where they found this flaw in it, but who, who was going to report on what the flaw was because everyone died in the Death Star, so but, there's no one around. But I suppose, though, in, in Return of Jedi, in they Return actually fly of... inside it, though, don't they? So it is a lot yeah, harder. partially yeah, constructed. Yeah. yeah, okay. Mm. So and they actually... They blew yeah. the shield on it, or, mm. so they could fly into it. So it's not actually a, a, the it, same floor. Yeah. It's okay. a, they just flew into the structure and blew up the reactor. Mm. Yeah. But also the fact that it is to do with it, if you hit the reactor, it does the chain reaction. Is yeah, part like, of the floor. I suppose any reactor would. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess like in this one, it is. It's a car. It's going to blow up. Yeah. yeah. So. <laughs> yeah no, so I, I like that. I also thought I liked his backstory in that he, his wife got shot by Krennic and then he decided he's going to have to, you know, spend his entire life. So he's forsaken himself or the, re- the rest of his life in order to do this, in order to win ultimately. You know, I mean, that's a big sacrifice. So I just, I thought every character in this just seemed to have depth that was, you know, quite powerful. And everyone has depth. Everyone has the right motivation mm. as well. I mean, even down to the fact that you get, like, I mean, obviously we've got to, we've got to mention uh, Peter Cushing back from the dead. Yeah. But even no, down to that, where it's like he, a bit, a bit but it's also where he just, where he then it's like, Krennic, you're in the shit. Oh, it works, right? I'm having this. Yeah, yeah, love you know. That. <laughs> and and even the fact that Krennic then sort of tries to cry to Darth Vader, who's basically yeah. like, you just suck it up, prick. Yeah, fuck Put off. Yourself together. Get on with your next job. God That's how we do things. <laughs> yeah, it's like it's strange. It's like, oh, well, I work for the Empire. It turns out everyone is a fucking backstabby shit. <laughs> Yeah, you destroy planets, you cunts. <laughs> of course, you're all going to be arse. Yeah, I was, I um, 
See, I remember quite liking them bringing Peter Cushing back with the CGI when I've said this is probably the third time I've seen this film, maybe mm. four. Um, but watching it back this time with more of a critical eye, although he doesn't look, he doesn't look great. I think that's the thing. When I first saw it on the big screen, and the thing is, on the big screen, you think it's the best way to see it, but actually on a mm. massive screen, you're looking at like 720. So when you then get it home and watch it on Blu-ray, you go, mm. and the voice just isn't right. It isn't right. I mean, it's I'm not surprised they couldn't find everybody on the planet. They couldn't find someone to do a better Peter Cushing impression. I was quite surprised. I think, I think it's also, they probably, I think they wanted someone who was physically there. So, I mean, basically, you know, it might have been, if it turned out that, I don't know, um, you know, if it turned out that Jack Black could do a fucking killer um, impression of Peter Cushing, it might be a bit weird when he's like five foot two and <laughs> out, out at every fucking angle. Because Peter Cushing, you know, not, not original, a noted tub. The original plan was is they were not going to CGI him. They were going to get the actor who was in Casualty, I think. Yes, uh, guy called it's Guy Henry. Yeah. To, yeah, they were going to get him to actually play it, and he did play it as Peter Cushion. Mm. But they found that it it would be better to do that. Same as Vader was a last minute inclusion. Mm. I, he isn't I, in the original script, is he not? That was because I mean was I think a Vader's, very good decision. Him in. Place in it is yeah, definitely, mm. especially yeah. because you get. You get to see because most of the time, best thing uh, ever. Well, he yeah. kills <laughs> yeah. the re well. The rest of the time, he kills Obi Wan, and then every other time he has a fight, it's with Luke, and yeah. it's it's either it, he either loses or it's a score draw. Mm. So it's actually quite nice to, that you get that the, scene. See the reason that everyone is so fearful. That everyone is shit yeah. scared of him yeah. when he's just like he just rips through that fucking corridor, and mm. in a way. A lot of, and this is something I'm hoping, you know, obviously because we're moving, we'll be going into a new hope after this. Um, is a lot of people have said that the re, you know, everyone looks particularly worried, and in that opening shot, and it's like, yeah, you fucking would be, yeah, because yeah. you just no. seen like a black metal skeleton, <laughs> yeah. Tear, like black metal skeleton, tear a fucking corridor full of people to get apart. <laughs> it is. It's so brutal, and so, and it and it's the thing you always get with like gangster films, where it's like a guy behind a desk, and they've got a load of heavies. And you're like, well, what makes him the henchman? Yeah. He's just a bloke behind a desk. All of his henchmen could kick the shit out of him. So why do they not? Why do they follow? Yeah. So seeing Vader just destroy it and go. Right, that's why he's got an army who follows him because nobody in that army will stand up to him. Mm. Um, yeah, and it's, it's also interesting watching it having gone on the Anakin journey, mm. where yeah. it's like, right, so that's Anakin. Like Anakin has that Anakin's gone. Yeah, he is just Darth Vader, and it's like, whoa, yeah, that was you know he was uh, that's some pretty fucking hardcore false you know and Jedi skills etc. And um, yeah. yeah, it's but I have I have an interesting fact with regard mm -hmm. to Mr. Guy Henry, um, who is the faux Peter Cushing. He this is not his first experience 
of being a faux Peter Cushing. Because, and I'm waiting for the, if in the next few minutes, people, you might hear a loud bang. That might be Lee's jaw hitting the floor. Because I found <laughs> out that Guy Henry was once Dr. Walpurgis, a.k.a. Dr. Terror. Is it really? Yeah. Yes! And so, obviously, Dr. Terror gets his name from Dr. Terror's House of Horrors, where Dr. Terror is played by Peter Cushing. Yes. So it's kind of a, a weird circularness there. But yeah, he was he was under the demon makeup as uh, Dr. Terror. For people who are unfamiliar, this was um, basically England's only horror host, I suppose. Yeah. And it used to be on the BBC, they would show like a couple of films on a Friday. And it was started off on a Halloween where he was called Dr. Walpurgis. And it was popular enough that they then had like, a, I think it might have been a couple of years where he was every Friday night on, a, on BBC Two. He would present two horror films, and you'd get a black and white, or a cult, and then a color, or something like that. So you'd get, yeah. you know, Bride of Frankenstein and Horror of Dracula, or something like that. And it was, um, but yeah, and that was Guy Henry, and I was really, that's amazing. And, I, and when I found that out, I was like, I've got to tell Lee live on the show. Yeah. <laughs> but I was, yeah, I thought that I thought that would excite you certainly, because in because in um, Revenge of the Sith. Um, incidentally, I saw this lovely thing uh, earlier in the week, which was um, describe a film badly, and uh, no, describe the plot of a film badly. And someone chose Revenge of the Sith, and they said um, a man gets passed over pr for promotion and kills his co-workers. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I don't think that's a bad description. <laughs> Um, but in yeah, in Revenge of the Sith, right at the end, obviously there's a Peter Cushing there, but it's Wayne Pygram or Pigram who was in Farscape, wasn't it? Yeah. And so I remember I've, thinking that they bring him photographs. back. I've mm. seen some photographs of the makeup. It's horrible. Is it it's not good? It looks like they dug Peter Cushing up <laughs> to do it. Well, I mean, he's got, he's almost, the makeup's almost simian. With the brow and the cheekbones, because obviously they've got a build already on his face. Mm. And the well, it's it that weird thing, I suppose. You, I suppose that the CG route is the only route you can really properly go because if you try and yeah. basically you've got to build up a very very small head or very yeah. a very thin countenance, so you'd have to find someone even thinner. <laughs> Than Peter Cushing like, to be able to build like a look like Peter Cushing. Like Hellraiser, they got an actor thinner than Frank to play, mm. you know, muscular Frank, gooey Frank. Yeah, gooey Frank oh, is really gooey Frank. Although gooey Frank is the voice as well. They he does yeah. the real the the flesh Frank. Yeah, there's goopy Frank and flesh Frank. I can't even say. Flesh, Frank. <laughs> Leave it there. But yeah, uh, with, but, with regard um, to the CG, Lee. So you, so what were you going to say? Well, I was just going to say, I don't, there, there are enough people who work for the Empire. Like, I get that they keep bringing characters back to tie it all in. But as we've said, mm. there's a point at which you go too far, where every character who you now meet is two or three ways tied into other people we meet later, and you don't need that. And that was my thought with my thought with this mm. was, all right, get a different actor to play that role, 
and they might be the same characteristics and everything. Just give him a different name. Nobody is going to say, well, hang on a minute. Why did he take the credit for the Death Star? And then Peter Cushing was running it six months later when we see him like, because that's how it works. Like, it doesn't have to be the same character. It would have, I think they would have been, what would have been a great thing is if they'd have reduced it just towards the end where it's like, uh, Director Krennic has been killed on uh, Scarif. And because I think the very initial bit where it's his reflection mm. works. I, I thought that was there. nice artistically. Yeah. Yeah. That, mm. cause, and that is all you'd need if you didn't want to, if you didn't necessarily yeah. want to have Tarkin in it all the way through, is you could have just had someone informing Tarkin of what's going on and just in that. You know, and let's face it, it's an audience of people who understand, well, there's a reason why we're doing that. It's because the original actor is no longer with us. Yeah. Um, the one so, thing uh, I did find, though, is, and I wonder if this is because film has moved on to such a degree, and it'd be interesting to see a, for want of a better expression, Blu-ray level version of A New Hope. But Peter Cushion reminded me, Moff Tarkin in this reminded me somewhat of Prince Philip. <laughs> where it's that sort of slightly ruddy sort of corpse yeah. look. Mm. And I don't know whether that's going to show up, you know, under a better grade mm. or a better print. He's very grey in the Blu-ray version of mm. uh, New Hope. <laughs> so he's, he's still fairly sort of the same They've matched it reasonably yeah. well. well they, so I don't know whether they, they did the actual CGI is. They, got, they had a face cast of um, Peter Cushion. And they digitally scanned the face cast, and that's what's being animated and manipulated on oh. top of the other actor. It was, I can't remember the film. I think it, it's the one where he looks through the magnifying glass and then he pulls it away and he's got a massive eye. Oh, I remember seeing um, it when I was a kid. Top Secret. Yeah. Top Secret with Val Kilmer. It's International that, Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's that head. It's a mould from that. It's the closest they could get, and it's actually a head mould of that. So it's a digital wow. scan. That's the only thing that might let it down is uh, mouths are a problem to animate. But yeah. apart from that, if you go look at the mouth, everything else is really quite an achievement. I mean, well, we've come on loops and bounds since but, then. When but really, yeah, yeah. So it seems like it will be soon deep fake technology that will do it and we won't be able to tell mm. any difference um it does seem like we're getting closer to where that's going to be used in films oh yeah, definitely well, I mean... you're reliant on a certain quality and a certain degree of image from a certain period of time especially with uh peter mm. cushion it's got but you think that, that, style that hollywood period. stars would there would be enough photos of them I, th I think it. I think it will, like you say. I think it will depend on what visual material you've got. Mm. I think anyone acting now would be, you know, they'll be able to bring them back no matter what because the tech. Oh, yeah, they, the, certainly, the tech at the moment is basically high def. Yeah, it's you know, everything's HD. So well, I would imagine anyone who's actors, for the new trilogy, they all got digitally scanned so they, the models could be shrunk down for action figures. Yeah. Mm. So we, they already do have full digital, every pore of their skin digitally scanned. Mm. So, yeah, in the future, that just wouldn't be an issue at all. <laughs> 
Because I think, but I think also, I think the problem is the longer they use it, does seem, and I think that's why. I think at the end, when it's uh, Carrie Fisher, when mm. it's Leia, I think that's much more sparing. And so it doesn't yeah. give you time to pick flaws in it. Yeah, I think or you're finding right. a thing. And she doesn't really, she's not really doing a lot other than standing. She hasn't got to turn and sort of, you know. I mean, that bit where he does the macaroni. I mean, what the fuck? You know. I mean, it's the weirdest, weirdest scene, I think. I think, and that, that, as you another say, thing, that was all they needed was to have another character take that role at the end to hand it over to him. Yeah, and just have a shot of the back of another character with Peter Cushing's voice over it. And then as you say, if you really need to, just have him turn and catch one shot at the camera, two or three seconds and close it and get out before mm. it, it's just in there too long and it just falls apart. I think I think that's the thing is you can do something that the... the the bit with Leia is good. It needs to be there because it is literally setting up that initial. Because because I mean, obviously, this directly goes into a new hope. So it's yeah. as near to, for want of a better expression, present day Star Wars in the main saga. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so I think you need Leia there. I think the good. I mean, obviously, the one of the benefits of Vader is that it's a suit. So as long as James L. Jones is willing to come back and do the voice, it's not so much of an issue. Although the weird thing is, is obviously, as I think... I don't really need him anymore, though. There's other mm. actors out there that do a really, really good job of it. That's oh, true. Yeah. I think, weirdly, because obviously I think they try and make... The, they, they've made the suit to look as it does in the very original. With the red eyes. And, yeah. And it's, it has a slightly weird effect of looking like someone in a Darth Vader costume. <laughs> but, yeah, it's because I think it's something that you don't, probably through years and years of watching it, you don't really register with A New Hope. But the, the, the costume evolved over the series. So in A New Hope, yeah. it is actually quite basic, and the cloak does sit under the neck. Yeah. Um, things like Because obviously later on, he's got like a chain for the cloak. And there's like the, the sort of triangular grill in the bottom of the mask. And so that basically everything just get, gets a bit, yeah, everything gets a bit jazzed up. Um, so by going back and to even that. In like, sorry, even in Return of the Jedi, the mask is completely different. And some of the panelling is sprayed silver. So that when hmm. Darth Vader is in absolute darkness, you can still pick out contours. Because if his mask was actually all, it's like a Harlequin pattern the Vader mm. mask, because if he actually was shot in complete darkness like he is with the lightsaber battle in Return of the Jedi, you wouldn't see anything. So bits of it were no. painted silver that would stick out. Because, I mean, I mean th mind you, that that just door opens and then... Yeah. That, yeah. I mean, that's... <laughs> I, 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 I love that, that bit so much. I went back. To, I went back. I went back to my childhood very, very quickly. Um, uh, and one thing I like about the film, which mm. um, is a little subtle fact, is they've got different ships, and the squadron Blue Five, to which Simon Farnaby is a pilot. Oh, I was going to say I saw I saw Farnaby in there. Yeah. Yes, 
they get completely wiped out. That's why we don't see any of the Blue Squadron in any subsequent trilogy film. So what ships are they? Are they X-Wing or are they, they the A-Wings? I think they were A or U. I can't oh, remember. Yes, there's that's, a, a, a wing No, they still had A-Wings in um, oh, right. so these are like Return of the Jedi, so it must be U-Wings. Like yeah. yeah, yeah. And but, yeah, because they were utterly destroyed on that mission. The whole of the Blue Squadron died. And actually, again, like you were saying, Lee, about like how they everything feels. It's the good thing is everything does feel as it should. So the Death Star is built like the Death Star. Captain Antilles' ship is built like Captain Antilles' ship. They haven't changed anything. The 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 uniforms of the. Rebel Alliance, the uniforms of uh, the Empire, everything is as it was. Mm. But even down to the fact that you've got like the base, uh, the temple in Yavin, which looks exactly the fucking same as it does mm. in A New Hope. And you're like, and I couldn't work it out because I'm like, so is this a space that exists and they just went back to it? Or is this a space that now Star Wars has so much fucking money they can just rebuild it perfectly? No, it's all it doesn't... <laughs> Sorry? The what actual Masasi temple that is on Yavin, that doesn't exist in any form of reality. It's actually the external was a painting done by Ralph Macquarie. Oh, right, okay. So, so, so within this, it's just CG painted rather than yeah. like a, um, oh, what's the word? Map. Yeah. Matt painting, yeah, yeah, Matt, yeah, Matt, yeah. So, I mean, so another look in my life is sorry, sorry, gone. All oh, right, <laughs> one thing I like is there's um, I like Star Wars Rebels, and there's a droid in that called Chopper, right? <laughs> and he's in the film, he's <laughs> he is, uh, he's actually <laughs> in the film in a crowd shot, and also on Yavin over the Tannoy, they call General uh, Sindula who is mm. one of the women in um, Rebels. So even it ties in with that, but from a, for someone who's obviously steeped in it, you know ooh, all these little nods, but mm. again, it's something new which breeds familiarity. And even the Star Destroyers, the Star Destroyers are not on model. They made brand new models that evoke the feeling of your memories of a Star Destroyer, but they're not actual proper replica Star Destroyers. They're souped up ones that you remember how they look, but that's not what they look like. <laughs> that's because, uh, well, they do a beautiful job of that because that yeah. is exactly, I, I just assumed they, ju yeah, I would have assumed they'd have built new ones, but like to yeah, the, the exacting standard. Yeah. It, is, it, is, it is really wrong from an accuracy point of view, but they said they did it deliberately because they wanted people to be familiar with the universe and your memory of a Star Destroyer is this massive, great, big thing. But the actual model isn't. So they made mm. models that were your memory of it rather than the real thing. Oh, wow. Because we've seen all of them before. So that makes something yeah. look brand new whilst being of the past. On the subject of vehicles, are these attacks or are on Scarif or... They look like yeah, they've got they were, weird yeah. other joints or something like that. Maybe I was just looking at it wrong. Like they had weird no, hands or shoulders. 
I liked the way they made his head move when he gets hit by Baze's missile, but then turns back again. That's another yeah. one like the ATST yeah. in <laughs> where it's like, oh, that's just a bit more, you know, menacing. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. They, they, I think they've, I mean, certainly, I mean, that fucking, that feels, I mean, you know what's going to happen to all those poor fucking volunteers, don't you? Mm-hmm. It's like, right, we have not seen none of you fuckers yeah. throughout this, <laughs> and you've all just turned up. And raised your hands and said, "Yeah, we'll come with you." Right, you, none of you are coming back. I don't know about anyone else on this fucking flight, but none of you. Mate. It's like Star Trek red shirt syndrome, isn't it? Yeah, we're volunteers. That's new people. You've and, invested no time in. And speaking and speaking of those volunteers, because obviously the majority are what is termed human within Star Wars, mm. i.e., they look human. I have. In my notes, just the phrase "mad little cunt with a gun," because yeah. there's that little. <laughs> yeah. I just fucking loved it. It was like sort of a reptile version of Animal from the Muppets with a big fuck off gun who just screams the whole time, and I just thought, yeah, he, he is the tits. He really is. I fucking loved him. Uh, Another thing that when they go to collect the data tape, which has got the. Um... This is something for Lee and Chris. When they collect the data tape um, and she reads for all the projects, one mm. of them is the Darksaber project. Ah. Uh, yes. Is the what saber? Darksaber. Dark she oh, calls okay. it the, um, um, what do you call it? She calls it the Darksaber project, which is its working title for the Black Saber, which mm. is something that is yet to come up for you, Ed. Oh right, okay, fair enough. Oh, that's now that is interesting. So, mm. I, 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 and Scarif was the was the phrase that it was the planet that I couldn't remember in Solo. By the way, when they're discussing where they would get the stuff refined. Oh yes. And they yeah. do mention Scarif, and yeah, that, but it was just I could not for the life of me remember it. But <laughs> I've got to say, the health and safety is just all over the shop with this. I don't know why it's never really occurred to me before. Um, so one, it was one of those moments where you're like, this is clearly meant for a video game. Yeah. Why? It was, Wes just mentioning it, reminding me when she, so she gets the hard drive, hooks it mm-hmm. onto a carabiner on a belt, climbs to the top. There's that aperture at the top. That's big enough for a person to climb through that slams shut and then opens and slams shut again. For what, fucking purpose is that yep. there there's no, no reason for that and giggles. <laughs> also no, seriously seriously the empire overthink every fucking thing it's the same <laughs> she gets up there right you've got to realign oh you've got to realign the, the dish oh great well i'll do that from here oh no you've got to go out on that fucking gantry and move it from a different control panel synergy synergy with this yeah. sort of stuff come on guys just fucking there though Let's let's be honest. That is the one and only handrail I've ever seen in this galaxy. Whenever you That's see them true. anywhere on heights, there's never a handrail. But she had a handrail to get out to the end. And I've made a note of it. I was like, they finally invented the fucking handrail. It's only taken them all these films. Do you th- do you think this is something that died with Galen? Yeah, that's you know, why Mads, he didn't put Mads, handrails on anything. Fuck yeah, him. Mads Mickelson. Mads Mickelson. That was that was another way that he like fucked over them for the Death Star. It's like yeah. handrails. No, we don't need the handrails. No. And <laughs> there's people Talking dropping off that, into things all the bleeding time. 
talking of that final scene where she's got to realign the uh, the dish. Mm. Now, when the trailer came out for this film, I watched mm. it over and over and over again, and the trailer yeah. shows all the alternative things, like the fact that Krennic or a stormtrooper confronts her with an attack, a uh, Tie Fighter, when she's yes. up there. You got Krennic and the Death Troopers marching through the watery marshland of Scarif, mm. allegedly after everyone was killed, and Jin Erso and the other bloke got away, which was oh, one of the. Okay. It's not one hundred percent confirmed, but that, that's you know what you hear. But also, mm-hmm. there's other stuff like the fact you've got um, Saw Guerrero delivering lines with no hair. In the trailer, and you're in the yeah, film, could you see him? Early hair. Well, you see him briefly when he rescues Jin as a girl, uh, as a child, and he's bald. Yeah, at that, but he did the whole film like that originally. Ah, and then they thought, let's give him curly hair. And so, did they CGI his hair, or did he come back and have his hair? Uh, He was given a wig. He was given a real. Apparently, when you warm up the film, it sprouts out the top of his head. Oh, right, okay. CGI. Computer-generated yeah. hair. But, mm. yeah, no, I, I remember... That trailer. You're right, I though. distinctly the remember the TIE fight a bit, yeah. Yeah, you're right, because you never go back... Once you, you watch the trailer, then you watch the film. You never then go back and watch the trailer again and go, that wasn't in it, that wasn't in it. You're right, I've never... Was, never same realized. as Force Awakens. Remember the mm. trailer for Force Awakens with Luke Skywalker saying, my father had the Force, I have the Force. And so do you. That conversation has never taken place. Yeah. And yet it was cut in the original trailer. And they showed scenes that wouldn't make it until, I mean, that, no, I can't go into it now because that's, that's for The Force Awakens. But there's the whole Bespin thing on Force Awakens that mm. drives me mad because I want to see it. But anyway. See, I, I think there is something <laughs> to be said for this, but only, I mean, sparingly. But there is something mm. to be said for that where you get alternate takes in a trailer or whatever like that, or you get, you know, stuff that was cut out because to the other side of it, boy, does it piss me off when you watch a film or, or anything, you know, is TV. And this is something that they, you know, does happen on uh, or has happened on more modern Doctor Who a lot of the time is because they always do like a coming next week trailer and stuff like that. And there'll be bits and pieces where you're like, right, so we've just wasted five fucking minutes for something that goes nowhere just because you wanted to put it in the fucking trailer. And it's a similar, <laughs> and you get it with movies, you get it with a lot of stuff. So I actually quite like the idea. It's like, oh, well, I didn't see the TIE fighter try and kill, um, try and kill Jin on the uh, gantry. But at least, you know, it wasn't sort of, well, we we just put this in, and then it was like, oh yeah, well we we pretended Luke Skywalker was going to be in it, but he won't. It was just <laughs> a photo. it was a photograph of him. It was his twin brother Barry, talking who, of who runs a Who's fucking pub on Tatooine. <laughs> also, talking of Doctor Who connections, mm-hmm. we've got Felicity Jones, who was in Doctor Who: The Unicorn and the Wasp. Yes, of course, she, yeah, and she is fucking great. Right. Yeah, and also Richard Franklin, who played Mike Yates, is one of the scientists that gets gunned down by um, Krennic. Mm. Who Fucking works hell. for Galen. 
Yeah, well, I didn't he's spot there. him, but it's probably because he was. He was. I, I wouldn't have known him in, out of uniform, to be honest, he's unless he was wearing really that. Hard. <laughs> <laughs> See, I, I, I like the I like the the planet hopping of this, um, but I also I think is this the is this probably the only one in the whole of the fucking series that doesn't go to Tatooine at some pissing point, <laughs> you know, because. Luke's assertion that it is like if there's a bright center of the universe, this is where it's far. It's like, yeah, but this is the busiest fucking through road this side of um Tilbury Mead in Harlow. But I, it's funny you saying that about the planet hopping. I do remember sitting in the cinema because the film sort of starts and you get about 10 15 At the minutes, start, yeah, and then you get four planets, yeah, pretty quickly. Season. And I yeah. remember sitting in the cinema thinking, if I've got to remember any of this, I'm fucked. Yeah, like, well, it's funny, that, that isn't a problem now. <laughs> I've watched it a few times, but yeah, it is. That first time, it is a bit it has to be. It has to be said, that's one thing that I think Star Wars throughout its time does really well, which is detail, but it's not detail that you, it doesn't Game of Thrones you. It yeah, isn't it like, oh, fuck, I've got to remember this character from like four years ago who was who had one line who is suddenly the most important fucker on the planet it's, it's, the thing i like with it with especially with star wars i, I hate certain fantasy because i hate names like gruff of Combador and i hate all <laughs> that because it's so hard to remember but then with you find that with star wars that you can remember the names and even like when they've got alternative ones like the action figure you know, Ponda Barber was never Ponda Barber for me. His name was Bumface. <laughs> yes. It was actually, yeah, or that's Walrus what it was called. Bumface. Yeah, and that Hammerhead was, um, was it a Bithyrian or Bithorian or something like that? Something like you that. Know, yeah. You don't need to know these things because there's always the alternative, Yeah. you know, within the universe slang name for them. And we're also, not going I into think... the whole Paul and Zuckus thing all over again either. Oh, yeah. But we will get to that. But I do think that there, there is a distinct... There's, a, I think... And again, this is George Lucas's genius and, and people taking from it, is that everyone's name sounds kind of right. Yeah. Yeah. Like, you know, the, weirdly enough, the most clunky is Luke Skywalker. Yeah. Which, which, which sounds like a fantasy name. Yeah. But everyone else has a really... remember uh, Like... There's like you say, there's no sort of like Sanso of wherever and all that sort of stuff. And there's not there's none too many sort of like crataculous for ticket. No one no one lovecrafts it and puts a load of fucking consonants yeah. together with a set of um <laughs> apostrophes well, and tries like, to claim that that's a language. It's like you know, Dune. It, I love Dune, but it does suffer sometimes from that whole, you know, more dib and Isul mm. and all of that sort of stuff, which, you know, I know it, but it's not the easiest thing to yeah. keep in your head, is it? But with Star Wars, it's similar. Yeah. In but... Cassian, and like, the... they're, they're, they're not, and the same with the droids as well. Like, they'll keep it nice and short, like, like, well, like with this, like with K2, you know, you can't, and BB-8, like, they keep them fairly concise so as yeah. you say mm. i think fantasy and that type of thing you're right does have a habit of saying right it's got to be 10 characters long or it doesn't sound real and you're just like oh fuck really again this, i'm just gonna call something... him mike 
this That's is what I do this, when I read them. <laughs> this this is this is also something that is and not just Star Wars, but fantasy in general, is the one thing that never crops up. How many fucking Richards do you know? How many Daves do you know? Do you know what I mean? So surely at some point you could come across another another Han or another Yeah, another yeah, he's like Han Pahujatak or something like that. You know, it's it doesn't necessarily but again, yeah, it's part of that whole thing of there's lots of important stuff there that you have to read, but you don't have to you don't have to keep up with the trade negotiations to enjoy yeah. the prequels they help yeah. and so and it's like oh well that's the explanation for why christopher lee's hanging around with a load of robots a pair of racist frogs and <laughs> um you know and, and a load of giant ants with yeah and yeah. i think yeah i think but also uh actually and obviously you talk talk about ponda barber is it ponda barber Ponda Barber. Yeah, Ponda Barber, they get, Dr. Evander. Yeah, because they get a cameo. Um, yeah. And, and if anything else, if you needed further proof that Rogue One is a good fucking film, Michael fucking Smiley's in it, which is always a way of seeing if there's a fucking good <laughs> film, because he's Dr. Ev- Ezevan. And it's like, mm. yeah, Dr. Ezevan is Michael Smiley. It's tyres. is mm. Dr. Ezevan in this. And I like the way they brought the line back. I'll be careful. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll tell you what, though. What a fucking week they have. It's like, <laughs> right, right. We'll 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 leave the city. Vroom. Oh, that's it. They're having to rewrite the A to Z because that city doesn't fucking exist anymore. As does like yeah. half that planet. And then they think, oh well, we've body swerved out of that one, and then come across with a old drunk in a. Cantina at Moss Island. <laughs> yeah, fucking, yeah, it's literally days later, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, they're they're kind of like that guy because there was that famously the guy who um, was there was the guy who was caught in uh, Hiroshima and then caught the train <laughs> to his next boat, which was fucking Nagasaki. Oh god! Yeah, he experienced both <laughs> fucking bombs, and more to the point. The fucking trains were still running. <laughs> no, that is always efficient. I was going to say <laughs> that is efficiency. That I mean, can you imagine the amount of all we've had, all we've had over here is? Uh, I mean, fuck me. Brexit for four fucking years was an excuse for why your fucking Amazon Prime didn't turn up. <laughs> oh, it's probably Brexit, isn't it? You know, never mind. No, what? Oh. Uh, can I still catch track? No, it's hydrogen bomb, mate. We estimate that your package is probably going to be about four years. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I've, but, and you've got um, also, I was really pleased Tony Pitts turns up. And if anyone who doesn't know Tony Pitts, he's just a very good northern actor, but he turns up as a captain of Krennic's ship. And I just like him because he's a bit of a grumpy northern bastard. Um, oh, he's, he's, he's in, do you remember? Johnny Vegas, anyone for ice cream? And there's the guy who yeah. keeps throttling him in it. Yeah, that's Tony Pitts. And he, and yeah, I was just, again, it, him. yeah, I was just so, so, Wes, what's the deal with Death Troopers? Are they just better trained stormtroopers? Or, yeah, they're uh, just an elite group. They do a lot of stuff sort of on the outer rim to control 
uh, planets and people who will not submit to the Empire's will. Ah, so they're not specific to Krennic. It's not sort of Krennic's. They're just they're with Krennic because he's special yeah, they're, ops. They're just, yeah. 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 Oh, that's fair enough. I just got to bear in mind that the creation of the Death Star was such a big game-changing thing for the Empire that it was mm. protected. And that's why, because uh, Grand Moff Tarkin would always have been there because he was the right-hand man of the Emperor. Yeah. Because Vader is, isn't anything to do with the Empire at all, really. He's just a, a Sith assistant. Whereas he's, Grand Moff yeah, he's essentially is, the Emperor's pet. Real. Yeah, the hand of the king, you know, for mm. want of a, another franchise. But yeah, because uh, because obviously there's the whole thing where he is, you know, in terms of like the backstories and everything else like that, is not Vader is utterly despised by the majority of the Empire, not and not just out of fear, but because it's like, well, why am I taking orders from this one? Because you're not, yeah. you ain't the boss of me. And actually, I mean, that's one of the things that I really love that dynamic. I mean, we'll come to it when we do A New Hope, but I love the dynamic of Tarkin and Vader because mm. it's just that sudden thing, where, especially when it's like Vader releasing, and you're like, oh, so he's not in charge. But, but that's how you know, powerful Grandma mm. Tarkin is. Exactly, yeah. yeah. You suddenly think, fuck me, you think outraged off. Yeah. <laughs> Well, isn't it Leia that also, I think, in New Hope, is that line of um, Vader Old being... Vader's Tom... leash. <clears throat> yes, that's leash, it, yeah. 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 So it does come back to the sort of the attack dog um, mm. sort of idea. Uh, has to be said, Admiral Radish, again, interesting name. Um, <laughs> yeah, Jennifer picked up you, on that as well. Do you think... I would have thought he'd have shown us his hammerhead earlier. <laughs> 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 Sorry, the, the Akbar bloke, Radisson. Yeah, oh, it's Radisson, is it? All oh, right, it's what yeah, it sounds like, like Radish. It sounds like Radish. It's Admiral Radish. It's like Eamon in fucking it's Solo. Like this, yeah, Rackersons, Rackersons. Everyone fucks with Rackersons. <laughs> it's funny you saying about the hammerhead. That was another thing that made me laugh as well. So, so they obviously they had the the gate around. So Gareth uh, Scarif is covered by that. Um, false field with only the mm, gates yeah. that control the entrance and exit points so when the rebel fleet attacks it it's on it for a good five minutes before all of a sudden one side opens and all these tie fighters and i was like what what did what, did the call come in halfway through lunchtime and they were like it's lasagna day we're not cutting it short i was like what where have you not been well it's, it's their difficulty with their own they all went through a piss <laughs> you know, famously, famously, none of the empires, none of the empire's troops can shoot straight, so they've just slashed all over the floor. And then the second wave coming for a pre-flight slash, they're all fucking ass over titting it. It's just a right old mess in there. Never, oh, ever, ever. The, one thing I, I hated about that was they called it the Hammerhead Corvette. The reason why hmm. the, it was the Tantive Four was called the Corvette because that's what ILM called it. Because it looked like a Corvette car, they had to make a sleek thing. It isn't actually a designation for a spaceship, so they used oh. the ILM name for the Tantive Four, which that wasn't. It was the Hammerhead Corvette, but yeah, so they used that, and I thought, oh no, that's a bit. All right, it's well, a nice nod to the fans, but I didn't care for it that bit. It'll be good at the, the end. It'll, it'll be good at the end of the episode, though, where we can sign out with the music of. 
Hammerhead Corvette by Prince. Uh, (laughs) With backing vocals vocals from Admiral Radish. (laughs) We've got got to say as well, the other thing that I made a note of, and and I realised it's done it all the way through the, uh, all the way through the series. I will be keeping an eye out for it, but I noticed it a lot on this as well. Whenever you see the Star Destroyer, there are always at least two TIE fighters. And I know it's obviously done because it makes a lovely shot, but it's always the Star Destroyer. Two TIE fighters always seem to be flying across the deck of it, directly at the bridge, and then just turn off at the last second. And just I was like, anybody on that bridge must be like, will they stop fucking about? And just there's all this space. There's all this empty space. And they all have to fly 15 foot away from the bridge all the time. I'd be pissing in me pants if I was on that bridge. You'd always think someone's about, no, what? as soon as they get shot, the first thing they do is crash into the ship. Got all this room, guys. Spread out. Fucking hell. Arseholes. That's all they are, is a bunch of arseholes. I do, I do love the idea that there's just going to be a message come over the town. It's like, uh, yeah, message from the Admiral. Will you lot fucking cut, pack it in? It's not big and it's yeah, not clever. They're on the... They're on the bridge saying, oh, look, those fucking pair of tits are at it again. <laughs> Put the fools filled up. They'll filled out in the morning. <laughs> Tell them to stop fucking around before Lord Vader gets here, otherwise there's going to be fucking hell to pay. Yeah. <laughs> also, did, at oh, one point, did I, see, did I see TIE fighters that had sort of bent their wings to just be wings? Flat, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure I saw that towards the end, um, yeah, and I wasn't was, sure was... if they were... And it was only like three or four of them. It was when mm. uh, Jen was up on the top of that tower and they came in and they went after the X-Wings that had come in. Mm. Yeah, I've never seen them ships. They looked really cool. But yeah, they were like a flat TIE fighter. They looked awesome. Were they TIE Interceptor? They might have been because the TIE Interceptor's basically the ones with the pointy... Pointed, yeah. Well, like, pointy like, wings, yeah. The points... And the, yeah. yeah, the double time bomber. Mm. Yeah, oh, I fucking love them. Yeah, they I love were good. Them. They look so damn cool. But oh, um, it's the tie striker. Tie striker. Yeah, I've, I've just oh, seen okay. that come up. So what is oh, it? My. Sounds like a football magazine, doesn't it? Fang <laughs> <laughs> shaped tie striker. Mm. Oh. Yeah, because like I say, I mean, I was, I'm, I'm. I'm glad that I, because I thought, like I say, I thought there was something going on with the attacks, but clearly there wasn't. But I did, yeah, spotting them, I was like, oh, I like them. Yeah. Because I think we are getting to that point of, because I, and I know you can see that development line with the prequels of tech that is becoming uh, Empire tech. But by this point, you've just everything's in place, so it all looks just yeah. the fucking tits. Yeah, because those they, those designs overall are just pretty flawless. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, and and I mean it's and it's also just that very it's that very interesting thing again where more and more people were started reporting triangular UFOs after nineteen seventy seven. After they'd yeah. seen a really big <laughs> fucking triangular ship go overhead, so. <laughs> but um, but uh, yes. Any any other uh, notes anyone's got or anything we've we've missed out? I think we've I think we've covered most things. I mean, like I say, I mean, I think um, 
uh, you know, it's a pretty immaculate cast, and I think everyone's. Mm. Uh, and more to the point, I, I would like to see. I definitely would like to see more of this kind of thing in Star Wars. And as Chris said, it's a proper tragedy. It's you know, and I mean, I went to see this. I think this was the first film me and Claire actually saw at the cinema. Mm. And um, and uh, bless her heart, I think she got a bit teary eyed when uh, uh, a young Leia turned up because I think. Mm. I would have. I think we might have seen this because it came out in December, mm. so I'm not sure whether we saw it before or just after uh, Carrie Fisher had uh, died. Mm. Yeah. But yeah, and I think because again, that was a that was one of those weird ones where I think it was just after, wasn't it? Yeah, and I think that was one of those weird things where it was already you've got people were like, oh well, they've resurrected Peter Cushing for this, and then sort of like you know Carrie Fisher dies, and you've got. And I think a lot of people initially were quite question, questioning of it. But again, I don't feel, I certainly don't feel it distracts in any way. I think it's just, it's there and works extremely well. And it would be odd to not see her. Yeah. yeah. It, it really does lead into the next directly one. Directly into yeah, the films. Definitely. Yeah, precisely. Her, her missing would stand out mm, without yeah. a doubt. Would, would be in, uh, basically, you know you're always two corridors away from her character. So mm, to yeah. not have her as a part of this would have been glaringly yeah. Um, yeah. The thing is, though, it, how did she think she was going to get away with that fucking lie when Vader turned up, she said, oh, no, it's a diplomatic mission. <laughs> it's like, you stupid cow. I just watched just you chased you out of a fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I fucking watched you. And then, yeah. I mean, that that said, you you, you kind of know, know that you're holding a certain level of weight in that, you know, you, you've been given take, take her away duties from Darth Vader rather than just a damn good fucking killing. Yeah. So you you know that you are, you know, and let's face it, it's fucking Princess Leia. She takes care of her fucking self. Yeah. yeah. It's, <laughs> I mean, that's, that's the, uh, again, that's something we're, we're obviously coming up to. Oh, one thing that I did, and this was, uh, I suppose it, I kind of like the relevance of it here because it's when the Death Star first turns up. Um, just idly on YouTube, and obviously a lot of Star Wars stuff has been coming up, mostly because the word Star Wars has been said near my phone quite a lot. So just, you know, <laughs> and um, something came up and it was the story of the gunner on the Death Star. And I thought, I'll go on then. Who apparently is a man called Ten Granite. Uh, not quite, not quite as Han Solo or Jin So, you know, it's not quite there, but, you know, interesting name. But his character bio featured this sentence which was uh ever since he was young he'd always had a, he'd always wanted to fire massive guns and i was like <laughs> at this point this is this is doing my fucking head in you know and this i think was part of my withdrawing from i think that was part of the was it legacy star wars legacy was one of the yeah. canons that they sort of because they've separated it a lot out haven't they but yeah i think that yeah. came from star wars legacy and it was one of those things where i was like i'll have a day off yeah you know because it just it just sounds so utterly ridiculous where it's like oh well you know richard branson so since a young age he's really wanted to crash a series of fucking hot air balloons <laughs> you know it's sort of what 
who does that? And it's the same with this. It was like, he just wanted to fire really big guns of increasing size. Did it? Well, bully for him, because he's obviously fulfilled his fucking ambitions. Apart from when he's got the opportunity of a moving target and yeah. he can't bother to put his cheese sandwich down and hit the fucking thing. <laughs> he does, however, at one point, flick a switch that goes... <laughs> which makes him the originator of Jungle. <laughs> Drum and bass um, all goes back to him. Rogue One was one of the th- one of three possible titles for this film. Mm-hmm. They, it was either going to be called Star Wars Rebellion, mm-hmm. or yeah. the writer said, in keeping with the fact that they're all like the Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, and you know, follow that kind of thing. Mm. His original story idea was Shadow of the Death Star. I prefer mm. Rogue One out of all of them. I think I, prefer, I think also that's part of the differenti- uh, dif- differentiating it from what I've been calling the saga. Yeah. Because this, in a way, this doesn't, although this is vital as part of the saga, it doesn't actually feature anyone or things happening to anyone who is part of that story in a way. Yeah. You know, you've got a cameo from uh, Princess Leia and you've got effectively a cameo from Tarkin and Vader, which would be, you know, you're dealing with the Death Star and that's kind of what they're into at the moment. That sounds wrong, does <laughs> Well, you know, it's like he's just into it, isn't he? Uh, by then. It's their doing bag, it. isn't it, mate? Yeah, it's their bag. Baby, um, <laughs> I wanted them but, to make a film about the Bothian spies that managed mm, to get the so, 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 I thought picture. I thought that was going to be in this when I originally heard of this film. So, so because it's many, because isn't it? Because is that the second Death Star? That's where it's many Bothian yeah. spies died to give us this information. <laughs> oh, that's where I'm getting confused because I was the same as you. I was waiting for that sort of sentence to come up, or it was like. The name of a squadron or the name of a ship or something like that and yeah there's absolutely zero and i was like oh maybe i've i think also i think at one point in my brain i was saying bantha but that's something completely fucking different <laughs> so you know it wasn't oh yeah many banthas died. a bunch of banthas stealing plans <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> stealing plans just you know big viking elephants because <laughs> nothing says stealth like a banter, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Add to that, add to that, but you know, maybe, maybe ridden by a couple of Gungans. Oh, <laughs> with um, with o- and with Obi Wan um, riding his giant chicken lizard round like fucking Bernie <laughs> Clifton again. You know, I think I think we have the makings of Metal Gear Solid, the Star Wars years. I think we could sneak into anything with this. Crack team of spies. <laughs> <laughs> oh dear. Well, um, well, I think if we, I think we've we've sort of come to a uh, come to a conclusion there. Um, so, uh, Marks, uh, what, what are we, what are we, um, what are we going to do it out of? Krennic's manky teeth. Krennic's manky what teeth? Teeth. 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 <laughs> I've got to say, that actor, um, 
he's I've only seen him in a couple of things. He, ready uh, Player One from this and Ready Player mm, One. Yeah. Um, he's just brilliant. I just yeah. love, sorry, I don't want to derail the fact that but I love him very, very much. Mm. Oh, oh no, I thought he is excellent. Yeah, yeah, he was actually. Yes, yeah. The and last I thing think, I saw yeah. was he did the voice. He did a voice of the bad guy in Spies in Disguise, oh. which is yeah. a very, very funny, entertaining film. <laughs> it was funny in so, Captain Marvel. I was expecting him to be a bad, and he was a baddie, but then he was a goodie. And it's like, yeah. oh, you're confusing me here, but <laughs> you've done a good job. <laughs> I, I was Sorry. more confused when I found out he was Australian. Because yeah, yeah, no, that did do it. Because yeah. I was quite because because in this I was just yeah, like, that oh, he's put. Yeah, I was like, oh, he's clearly like everyone, every other member of the Empire. He's clearly a British actor yeah. who I've probably seen in a few bits of telly or something like that. And then I looked up and it was like, no, I've not seen that. I've not seen that. Hang on, he's Australian. So, <laughs> but being Captain Marvel, he has the Australian accent. <laughs> But I think, yeah, and, and actually, I think everyone's fucking great in this. And I think we also got that one thing where you finally got a level of drama because none of the protagonists are anyone you've met before. Mm. Anything you can know. happen. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. it does. And so they, yeah, they, they all die. Yeah. yeah. Everybody the, the things on the horizon is is Disney Plus have already started filming the TV series Cassian. Mm-hmm. Oh, really? He's getting oh, really? his own set, obviously set before was... Rogue One. But yeah, <laughs> yeah. Now there's a, there's a nice video trailer sort of thing of it of him going around looking at some of the sets, and one of them looks like the Yavin set, the internal mm-hmm. set, you know, with the glowing panels. Mm-hmm. So yeah. That should be airing at some point. Saying about the alternative titles, that could have been the other title for this, is Everyone's Dead, Dave. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, as we've, but as we've discussed, there can only that, at that point, there can only be one Dave in the universe because you never meet anyone else who's got the same. <laughs> so, uh, uh, although at that point, I'm sure, I'm sure that someone will, some, someone will type it, uh, will write in just to be annoying and say, what are you talking about? There's four geezers called Darth. <laughs> yeah. I, I do I like that title. though. Yeah, but I do like it in because in A New Hope, um, Obi Wan does call him Darth at one point. Like, because uh, at that point, I suppose none of the mythology Would, is yeah. there. He is it's the not only out, Darth. It's, it's not really out of you're only a master of evil, Darth. And it's like, you're only a master of evil, Ken. You know, it's, <laughs> it's just like it's his first name. So, Ken Vader. Yeah, everyone, everyone's pal. So, as everybody dies, I think this should be out of ten rebel corpses. Mm. Oh yeah. yes. What else yes. have we got left? There's nothing left at the end of this film. There's, but there's nothing bodies. left. No, dead bodies everywhere. <laughs> oh, excuse me. So, Lee, how many rebel corpses out of ten are you giving the rogue one? I am gonna give this eight and a half. Um, Whoa. Totally loved it. It's as close to solo as I can get it, uh, and with and with it leaving enough points moving forward for me to hit the high marks I need to reach later on. <laughs> uh, Chris, I'm I'm going to go with a nine for this because it just Ooh. it just did it for me. It, mm. it it built all the way through, 
and some of those end scenes were just uh, amazing. Yeah, I think it really it scratches a Star Wars itch like no other. I would yeah. say. Uh, Wes, where do you stand, sir? Uh, mine's a nine. Uh, pretty much all the rest of them are going to be nines, <laughs> apart from one, which is going to be a ten. So. Yeah. Uh, don't give it away. We we didn't know where you were going to go after this. Yeah. <laughs> well, there might be a four coming out of the bag. Really, I I just I just love all these films. So yeah, I'm rubbish at this. <laughs> I'm just I'm just sending the points away for official adjudication, and also because I can't do quick maths. Um, as even with very easy figures, uh, I'm also going. Uh, I'm going eight and a half uh, rebel corpses because I want to keep I want to keep the powder dry. But like you say, it's pretty much it's pretty much throughout here. I think they're they're um, they're really uh, this is, we're we're hitting the good seam, and I think mm. it's it's hopefully it sustains. I think it does, but uh, <laughs> certainly for the next uh, for the next sort of like few. Uh, that's you certainly i'm just being uh thrown things here so there we go um and that means that uh rogue one rogue one tattooing three <laughs> sorry why 37 so. right so we believe <laughs> that we have a grand total of 37 rebel corpses out Whoa. of a potential 40. That's impressive. Yeah. And That's I think well deserved. Group. It's also, yeah, I think that... Um, also, just one last thing. Opening music, very brief, also distinctly jaunty for what happens in this film. <laughs> <laughs> It's sort of, sort of blasting a bit. Sort of Carry like, on, It goes halfway, halfway to a Star Wars theme. Yeah. Then becomes like a sort of like jubilant little party, and at no way gives you the hint of you're all gonna die. <laughs> Do you think they had a few versions, and they were like, look, you know, we've got to make it a bit Star Wars. Yeah, it's the, it's the one where they just open the it with completely. a funeral bell. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did like, see, I did like the fact they kept it nice and short and yeah. snappy. Yeah. You know, so because mm. I know obviously with the other ones you get like long scrolls and there's lots of reading. It, did, lots so of it just gave you a little hint, just, a bit hey, of excitement, Wars, and then we're in. Yeah, yeah. And then I like the way it does just... end with the full theme, ready for yeah. you picked mm. up with the full theme in a new hope. Yeah, I th I think it, it it needs to because otherwise you would because by doing that you're yay Princess Leia rather than any other version of it where you're like fucking hell that's a bit much wasn't it <laughs> I only know two people who survived out of that and they're both bad guys <laughs> and I know one of them's dead in real life so. <laughs> Well, both of them are dead. They are now, life. yeah. That's yeah. true, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've had this many playing Darth Vader mm -hmm. still. Incidentally, and this is one last thing before we finally shuffle off this mortal podcast. <laughs> I'm, and I've, I, I got Claire to watch it specifically because I remembered it from the cinema. When Vader first appears in his big castle of lava, 
he really sissies his walk. He comes in with a bit of hip swing like yeah. RuPaul. He really does. Tashes. You know, it's, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, what's up? Krennic, hello. What's <laughs> <laughs> right, up, bitch? Yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, that is essentially where he leaves him. Well, I, I want you to take it to the governor and say, uh, suck it up, bitch. <laughs> yeah. yeah, pussy. And he walks off. Yeah. Well, mince is on. And, yeah, and... It, actually, you're right. It does remind me of that scene. It, I watched it recently in Catterick uh, when um, when uh, <laughs> what's his name turns up. Yeah, wearing the women's high heels to the song "Sexy Boots." It's that. Yeah. It is. Oh, Matt <laughs> Lucas. Yeah, Matt Lucas. Yeah, yeah. it's all that in it with the shoulders. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, that's getting dubbed on my version from now on. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, well, it will as we sit in a pile of uh, dead rebel scum, and uh, we uh, we look forward because we are we we're, we're in the good stuff now. Yeah, we, we we are we are nuts deep in the saga. So it only remains for me to thank uh, Chris, thank Wesley, thank Lee, and thank you all for listening. Yeah, and thank you. Good night, folks. <laughs>